Good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Troy Bond with the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies. Coming to you loud and clear this morning, obviously from uh, sunny Central Florida, right here in Daytona Beach, uh, our Studio B. Good to have you live this morning with us uh, for another day that the, the Lord has made, and we've come to rejoice and to be glad in it. Glad that you could join us this morning. If you are with us for the very first time, I will give you a little bit of instruction. Please keep your mics muted as well as hold off on your questions until after the top of the hour. Uh, that way we don't have all the distractions of sound and distractions of the, the, the chit-chat going on. And if you have any questions after the top of the hour, I'll be glad to stay with you uh, as long as possible and uh, answer your questions concerning the teaching that we're given today and uh, or any other questions you have concerning the Bible. If you want to debate... Uh, you need to probably go somewhere else because we're not in debate. We we preach a word that has already been forever settled in our hearts because of the person of the Holy Spirit that's come into our lives. But if you've got questions, you need prayer, whatever else, we will stay here for you uh, as long as you want and minister to you. Not only myself, but much of our team that's here with us every day as well. So good to have you. And it's such a blessing that you're, you're here with us today from, from all of the United States, Canada, and I see Italy as well and other places that may not have checked in or chimed in. Good to have you this morning. We just pray that God blesses you and you're just such a, it's such an honor for you to be here with us today. Uh, like I said, if you're with us the first time, this is the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies, which is a ministry of Raven Ministries International. You can get more information on Raven Inter- uh, Ministries International by going to that website that's right there on the screen at www. Dot biggrace.com. That would be www.biggrace.com and checking out what we do and what we're all about. It's really pretty simple. We're, we're, we're about lifting up the name of Jesus and bringing people to the saving knowledge of his salvation. So we try to keep it pretty simple and we're determined not to know anything but Christ and him crucified which is the power of God. So good to have you this morning. And go check that out if you're around the United States and you want to get connected with one of our teams or vice versa. Uh, we just invite you. And because uh, uh, we have teams really from coast to coast, and get on there and click on Raven Nation and you'll find out where our teams are. Or if you're, you're out there doing something for the kingdom and you need some help or we could be a, a strength to you, please let us know. We'd like to, to know about that too. And you can email us right there at that Email address on the screen, raven at biggrace.com, R-E-V-E-N at biggrace.com. Let us know what you're doing. If you have prayer requests, you can send them to pray, P-R-A-Y, at biggrace.com, and we will uh, lift those up as well to you. But please, let us know. Email us, testify what's happening, and we'd like to, to know what's happening in your life as well. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. We are, gonna, we are in the midst of an expository teaching on the book of Romans, if you're just joining us. And this is class number, what is it, Deb, 150... 157th hour on the uh, the book of Romans. But never fear, uh, we're just in chapter 11, so we've got a good five and a half chapters left before we're finished, or maybe another hundred hours possibly. But we'd love for you to, to have the previous classes. If you want to email us at ravenatbigrace.com, send us your snail mail address. This, matter of fact, this coming weekend we're going to be printing some of those off and sending those to various people that have requested them. So get in. Now we'll be glad to send you all of those previous classes in their entirety for you to listen to on your computer as well, free of charge. And so, uh, once again, raven at biggrace.com, send that request in and we'll make those available to you. The good news is, is uh, we, while we're studying the, 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 the collective uh, truths of Romans, uh, uh, the book of Romans in its entirety, the 16th chapter, uh, we can also, well, really, the, there's so much standalone stuff in it. I mean, if you've missed out and you thought, man, I, why even start now? Because there is so much in the book of Romans. That's why we refer to it kind of as the Magna Carta of the New Covenant. Because, really, I, I think to myself every single day, 
there's probably 15 more things that I could have brought out concerning that scripture. And sometimes you may be thinking, you know, that's a whole lot. But even at that, because of the, the breadth and the depth and the unsearchable riches of God's word, folks, there's just so much that we can extract from it. So we hope that this serves as really a catalyst for you and your Bible study to really motivate you and move you to search out the scriptures daily to see if those things are so according to... Uh, Acts seventeen eleven. So it's good to good to be here. Glad good to have you. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for His blessing on this, and to pray for those that have been physically sick in their bodies or been going through issues. And just to stand in agreement today and just uh, pray and believe God's uh, moving and miracles are going to begin to happen in people's lives. Father, we just come to you today in the name of Jesus, Lord God, and we thank you that we have access into the throne room of grace and mercy, Lord God. We have access, Lord God, into your peace that passes understanding. We have access, Lord God, in a hope that maketh not ashamed. We have. Access, Lord God, because you've sent your word to heal us. And you've become that repairer of the breach, Lord God. You've become the, the restorer of walled villages. You've become that one that's our glory and the lifter of our heads. So we come to you day, today, Lord Jesus, with a heart of repentance, Lord God, and desire to, to really to know you, Lord God. We don't come with a, with a religious agenda, Lord God. We come to know Jesus. We don't come, Lord God, in self-promotion or self-exaltation. Lord God, we come to lift up the one that was lifted up 2,000 years ago. And he said if he's lifted up... He'll draw men to him. And so, Father, we're drawn to you today because of what Jesus has done. We're not, we're not drawn to you, Lord God, by our acts of righteousness. We're not uh, drawn to you through our acts of religious affiliation. We're not drawn to you, Lord God, through our own goodness, Lord God, or, or anything like that. We are drawn because the Spirit of God has come upon us and has given us the ability to cry out to you, Abba, Father. So, Father, in that, Lord God, we come to you this morning and we humble ourselves, Lord God, in the sight of a living God. And, Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you are an awesome God, that you are a holy God, that you are a righteous God, Lord God, that, that not only demands holiness and righteousness, Lord God, but you've provided us the means and the mechanism, Lord God, to experience it, to know righteousness, because therein is the righteousness of God revealed uh, from faith to faith. So, Father, today we come and we just ask you, Lord God, to cleanse us and to forgive us first and foremost. Lord God, we dare not come and present to you the offering of our prayer, our praise, Lord God, without, Lord God, first, Lord God, uh, uh, looking into that, that, that spiritual bronze laver, Lord God, and, and, and seeing ourselves, Lord God, as it was a man looking in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a looking glass. And Lord God, we ask you to, to search us, Lord God, try us, know our thoughts and hearts, see if there be any wicked way within us, Lord Jesus. Father, we confess, Lord God, that, that we, we, we many times fail, we many times come up short of the mark. But Lord God, today, Lord God, we want to forget those things that are behind because of the blood of Jesus. And we want to press forward, Lord God. And we ask you, Lord God, to heal us, to touch us, reveal those areas in our life, Lord God, that would, that would be a, a, a stumbling block, Lord God, to be a stronghold, uh, Lord God, that would prevent us, Lord God, from coming to you. And we just ask you, Lord God, to cleanse and to purge and to restore, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord God, for that, so that we can come boldly into your throne room of grace and mercy and obtain the help that we need, Lord God, right now, right today, regardless of our circumstance or situation. And so, Father, we just ask you today to be with us, Lord God, to fill, Lord God, our dwelling places, our temples. Lord God, according to 1 Corinthians uh, 3.16, Lord God, come and be that, that dwelling, Lord God, within us. Let us tabernacle with you, Lord God. Let us be filled with your spirit, Lord God. Let us be uh, uh, knowledgeable, Lord God, of you, because you're not just with us, but you're in us, Lord Jesus. And we just ask that the spirit of God would lead us into all truth. Father, we just pray for those that are sick in body, Lord God. We know that there's some, Lord God, that have been battling, Lord God, just a, a plethora, Lord God, of, of situations in their hearts and lives. And we're just asking, Lord God, for you to touch them. Lord God, I pray for my mother, Lord God, that's out there in 
Texas today that's been battling, Lord God, just a reoccurring sickness. And Father, we just ask in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that right where she's at, Lord God, whatever she's doing, Father, if the Spirit of God would just move upon her, Lord God, mightily. And Lord God, I know there's others that are praying for their family, their friends, Lord God, people that they know, their, maybe their mother or father. And Father, I just stand in agreement with them right now in the name of Jesus. And I just ask for a manifestation, Lord God, of a creative miracle to happen in lives. Lord God, those that are battling sickness and disease, Lord God, we just pray, Lord God, that those things that would attack their flesh, Lord God, would be arrested, Lord God, right now in Jesus' name, Lord God. Father, if we find ourselves, Lord God, doing things, Lord God, that would, that would be a contribution, that would, that would leave a door open, Lord God, for the works of the adversary to come upon our life, where we've given him that dominion, Lord God. Right now, through an act of our own obedience and our repentance, Lord God, we'd snatch back that dominance that we've given over the enemy in areas of our life. And we just ask in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you would bring healing, Lord God, you would bring restoration, Lord God, you would bring, Lord God, integrity, Lord God, where there was a breach in the wall in the name of Jesus, that we might be filled, we might be healed, we might be made whole, Lord God, by the power of the blood of Jesus, Lord God. And we pray right now, Lord God, for your anointing to be upon this teaching today, for Father, for you to give us the ears to hear and the eyes to see that which you would speak to us today. Father, I pray for other pastors, teachers, and leaders, Lord God, that are, that are with us this morning, Lord God, that you have given such a tremendous responsibility and duty, Lord God, to preach your word. Father, I pray, Lord God, that their minds would be like a steel trap in the name of Jesus. Their hearts would be like a reservoir, Lord God, to, to drink in and receive the, 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 the washing and the regeneration of your word. Father, that you would begin to give them, Lord God, insight and revelation, Lord God. You would give them an understanding, Lord God. You would give them a commitment, Lord God, to, to study, Lord God, to show themselves approved unto God. That they would Ones that would rightly divide the word of God that they would need not be ashamed, Lord God. I pray for them because you've given them such an awesome and a, a, a great responsibility, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that their words would be like rhema, Lord God. They would be words of life, Lord God, to the hearer, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Encourage them, Lord God. Encourage, Lord God, the, the pastors, the ministers, the leaders, Lord God, that today may be discouraged, that they may be weary, Lord God. I pray that they would not grow weary in well-doing, that no in due season they re will reap, Lord God, if they do not faint. Be their strength. Be their power. Be their encouragement, Lord God. Be their voice, Lord God. And I ask all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, 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 and Amen. So be it. Folks, if you're with us, you're joining us. Pump, ba lump, ba lump. Uh, we're in the book of Romans, the 11th chapter. Once again, if you're joining us for the very first time, this is the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies. And we are so glad that you have come to be a part of what God is doing today. Folks, listen, we've been speaking really at length over the past few days kind of regarding several issues uh, uh, that, 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 are, that pertain to the nation of Israel and how that God had raised up this nation for the task of not only introducing to a, a law to, to really a people that were lawless, but also uh, uh, as the people who would bring forth the Messiah who would in turn fulfill the law. And so you see kind of the duality of their responsibility. Not only were they a people that were not a people, that they were a lawless people. They were just like everyone else. But God raised them up at a particular time, at a particular place, to give them the law. And that law wasn't just so they would be they would they would have the, the law in their hands, but or they would be in possession of this great covenant, but that they might be the ones also that would be the one that would bring forth, obviously through through the the, the the lineage that Jesus came forth from, to bring forth that Messiah, that they could be the voice literally to all the nations. But the the last verse that we mentioned yesterday, I want, I want to bring that up just real quick before we move on. It was that 16th verse of the book of Romans. And it says, For if the, the first fruits be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. Folks, when it speaks of that in that 16th verse, it really what it does, it speaks... Uh, entirely of, uh, of Israel and of the fact that God 
had chosen and established this nation with just strictly one purpose in mind. And that one purpose that they had, and the reason that they existed, was, uh, was just for the reason to bring salvation to the rest of the world. And so when he says, if the first fruits be holy, the lump is also holy. If the root be holy, so are the branches. Folks, listen, we've got to understand that when Israel came forth, they had really just one solitary responsibility. It was to be trained, raised up, equipped, empowered to take this message of reconciliation to all the world. And so from the time of their conception, really, until the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ, every single thing that God spoke to them and brought them through was designed specifically so that they would serve his purpose of being that voice in which all the world would become to the place of reconciliation back together with him. And so why did God bring them through the Red Sea? So that they would be a voice of reconciliation. Why did God send his prophets? So they would be a voice of reconciliation. Why did God allow them to go into captivity? So they could be a voice of reconciliation. Why did God bless them enormously? So they could be a voice of reconciliation. Folks, listen, every single thing that God did and brought upon their, their, their uh, upon this covenant people was strictly to form and to fashion them to, to, to be a superior voice within that, that community of peoples. And that way that voice would raise above the, 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 the sound and the hum of everything else that was happening in the world. So they could do that. But along the way, folks, something happened and they began to, to busy themselves with other things and they became really sidetracked to the degree that they had totally abandoned by the time Jesus came to respond responsibility and they came to a place when when Jesus showed up on the scene 2000 years ago that they were all about self-promotion they were all about self-absorption they were all about self-preservation everything was about self everything that they did was strictly to uh, to 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 warrant their desires their comforts their wishes and all these things they totally uh, 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 abandoned their responsibility for the very reason that they was was called out for i want to read to you a passage of scripture really uh, a passage it's been very well trodden over the years. But unfortunately, it's been trodden wrongly in many cases. And thus, I think people have really missed the whole point of its context. And I want to read to you today out of the 24th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew 24. And I'm going to read, I'm going to read verses 1 through 35. So I'm going to read a lot of scripture to you out of this because I want you to get the point and to see this in light of it. But before I read this, I want to make that, that point again. Everything that God has done and did with 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 Israel was to equip them to be the the voice of reconciliation to the entirety of the world. So as I read this, keep just that fact in mind. Keep their purpose in mind as I read this. And here's what it says in the Gospel of Matthew, verses uh, uh, chapter 24, verses 1 through 35. And it says, and Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came uh, to show uh, uh, came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto him. See you not all these things? He said, Verily I say unto you, that there shall be not left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And he sat upon the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us what these things shall be, and when the sign of your coming in the end of the world. And Jesus answered unto them, and he said, Take heed that no man deceive you. And so what was Jesus doing? Jesus was, was, was given them the revelation that there was deceit coming, that there was a deception that was about to rise upon the scene. And he says, For many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall what? Deceive many. 
and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but said, see, you not be troubled. He didn't say, plug your ears so you don't have to listen. He said, you're going to hear these things. You're going to go through them. You're going to be experiencing them. He said, but don't allow yourself to be troubled by what you see, but be, uh, be comforted by what I'm about to tell you. And folks, I would just say the exact same thing to you. We can look at this. We can look at nearly $4 a gallon gasoline. We can look at the, the falling dollar. We can look at the economic woes. We can look at the, the wars and the rumors of wars and wonder, uh, if this war in Iraq or Afghanistan, or is there going to be an acceleration or Iran going to be brought? And I tell you what, you can work yourself totally into a hizzy. But the thing about it is, do not be troubled. So my, my, my encouragement to you, Today is don't be troubled by those things. That there is a God seated upon a throne in glory that has already seen the end from the beginning. And his desires for you is to give you an expected end. And he said, nation shall rise against nation, yes. And kingdom against kingdom, yes. And there shall be famines, yes. Pestilence, yes. Earthquakes in diverse places, yes. And he said, though, just know, all these things are just the beginning of sorrows. And he said, they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and they shall kill you. Praise God for that. And you will be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Now, mind you, who are we talking about? He's, he's given a promise, a covenant promise to Israel. Are they not typically hated of all nations for his name's sake? If you want to call somebody cheap, the people call say you're Jewing somebody down. I mean, just think about it. Their, 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 their very heritage has become a byword to the nations. And it says, Then many shall be offended, and they shall betray one another, and they shall hate one another. Yes, we see that. And many false prophets will arrive and shall deceive what? Very few. They will deceive many. And it says, uh, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Who's going to be saved? He that endures to the end. Not him that gets sidetracked. Not him that sidesteps his responsibility. Not him that got, uh, gave his life to the Lord in summer camp but's lived like the devil for the last 30 years. No, it says, Him that endures to the end shall be saved. Then it says this. Here's that very well-trodden verse that you'll hear so many people talk about. Gentiles, unfortunately, because it's not even applicable to them. And it says, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end shall come. You'll hear so many churches and Christians and TV ministries say, Listen, we've got a responsibility. Uh, Jesus isn't going to come back until the, the gospel is preached unto all the nations. i got news for you. That doesn't apply to us, and that's not what it's saying. And we'll talk about that this morning. And he says, When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. And whosoever reads this, let them understand. The, the, uh, the abomination of desolation he's talking about is what's going to happen uh, uh, in the end times when there's an antichrist that's going to go in and basically offer a sacrifice of him for himself. And it says, Then let them that be in Judea flee into the mountains, and let him which is in the house stop not come down to take anything out of the house. Neither let him that's working in the field come back to take his clothes. And one to them that are with child and those that breastfeed in those days. But pray that your flight not be in winter, neither on the Sabbath. For then shall great tribulation be, such as not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor shall ever be. And except those days be shortened, praise God they'll be shortened, just strictly a seven-year window there that God's dealing with this nation to bring them back to that place of covenant. It says, if, unless that was the case, there should be no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be saved. And then if any man shall say to you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs, false prophets, and shall show great wonders and signs, insomuch if it was possible, they would deceive the very elect. He said, Behold, listen, I have told you these things 
before. And folks, listen, in the last 157 hours, I've told you these things before as well. He said, Wherefore, I, 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 if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, do not go there. Behold, he is in the secret chamber, don't believe them. For as lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For whoever the carcass is, there will be eagles gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be dark and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. What tribes is that? It's talking about the tribes of Israel. For the, and they shall see the Son of Man in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Why do you think they're going to mourn? Because they're going to see the one that they rejected 2,000 years ago. There's going to be a mourning, and they're going to mourn, uh, not for themselves, but they're going to mourn of the deception that came in that caused so many of that, that covenant people their very souls. When they see the Son of Man bust open those eastern skies and establish His kingdom forever and ever and ever. And He shall send His angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together His elect from the four winds, from the ends of the heaven to the earth. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. And you need to hear this in, in uh, relationship to what we're going to be talking about today. When the branch is yet tender and puts forth her leaves, then you will know that summer is nigh. So likewise, when you shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the door. Verily I say to you, this generation will not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will not pass away. Folks, listen. What that's talking about is that there's coming a time when this nation of Israel is going to be restored back to their place of responsibility. It's coming. And so the sad fact is that it's going to take this great tribulation that's taken 2,000 years of destruction and dispersion and all these other things to bring them back to that place. But it's going to take that this great tribulation and the ultimate in abominations to get them back where God desired for them to be. But I want you to think about it for a moment. They had been given this great responsibility. God had handed them the law to be their schoolmaster, to train them up, to be the voice of righteousness, to be the voice of reconciliation, to be the, the ministers of reconciliation and, and, and ambassadors for Christ Jesus, or, or ambassadors of, of, of God prior to the incarnation, but, uh, and really to evangelize the world. But they had busied themselves to the degree that all the other things ended up taking them away from the sole reason that they, exi uh, they existed. And so what did God do? God extended a branch to the Gentiles and He gave us this ministry. Folks, but think about this. Just as they busied themselves with the sole responsibility, have you not seen the, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ do the exact same thing? Think about it. You'd think that we would learn from the history of Israel. We'd think we'd learn from the people of the old covenant as, as a people with a new covenant, a new and living way. But folks, listen, the, 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 the exact same sins that, that were visited upon the, the root, that we've seen that, 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 that extends to us, we, we've seen the exact same type of manifestation. We, we busy ourselves with that. I was sharing with a brother the other day I, when I moved to New Orleans that I got an invite uh, from a local church, a, a large church, to come on staff with them. And uh, they wanted me to come on staff, and they, they told me that they were real into really wanting to win their city for, for Jesus. And, and in the discussion with the pastor of this church, you know, he said, listen, you're, you're coming here to do a great work, and we appreciate you being here in the city. And we know that you know, you're going to need finances and resources and insurance for your family, and we can offer you all those things. And we want to help you to reach the city. And so what we're going to do is we're going to allow our children to go out in the streets with you, our young people. And, and so I looked at him and I said, listen, i got a question for you. I said, I hear you and, you know, you sound sincere enough. I said, but why would you give me the least qualified people to do the most important task of the church? And I said, well, what about all these, you know, these 2,000 or whatever people you have that sit here all the day that, that, that got some wrinkles on their faces, that have some experience, that have said under the word? I said, well, what about them? And, and I said, 
And I went ahead and just broke it down to him. I said, I really don't think you're as serious about reaching the city as you say you are. I said, if you're willing to, to throw your children out there without the, the assistance and out the, without your adults leading the way. And I said, do the young people need to be on the streets? Absolutely. But they need to be led by their mothers and fathers and parents and uncles and, and the people that have been in the gospel for a particular amount of time. Obviously, I didn't take that, that, uh, uh, I didn't take that job, and my relationship with them pretty much went in the tank after that. Uh, but, folks, listen, we can't abdicate our responsibility. But the church has done that that very thing. Walk into a Christian bookstore and start looking for books on evangelism. You will find very few. And if you do find them, chances are they were written by somebody that's not doing evangelism. They'll, they'll tell you about having car washes and serving lemonade or giving out free water. But very seldom will they, they talk to you about just preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you want self-help, self-absorption, if you want deliverance, if you want all these things, or you want prosperity or, or how to live a good life, if you want the, the prayer of Jabez or whatever else, you will find a tub load of those things. Because the church, just like reflective of Israel, when we were handed that, 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 that responsibility to the new covenant, folks, we've busied ourselves with everything else. And we've tried to have this form of godliness, but we've denied the, the power thereof. You know, Pastor Terry and I were out on the streets last night with a couple other brothers, and we, we went to a location that was here in town for, uh, for spring break. It was, a, it was a ministry, a nationwide ministry that had come in. And uh, Pastor Terry began to share with me, and he said that this millionaire had rented this entire hotel for these people to set up this, this outreach party for. And so we, we show up there, and it, it had to have. I, I don't know what it would cost. I'm sure that the person ended up having to have put at least $100,000 into it. I mean, they had top-notch lighting. They had a DJ come in that was pumping the music out, all the free food, every bell and whistle that you could think of. They had face painting. They had hemp tattoos. They had T-shirts. The only thing I, I wasn't seeing in this was the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and really, in my heart, I was grieved because I thought to myself, you know what, they, they've been taught, and these young people, and it was, it was college age, folks that had probably just gotten out of high school and they were serving in this ministry for a period of time before they went out to do whatever they're going to do. But I thought to myself, they're being told and taught that this is the Great Commission. They're going out and having a, 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 a party. And, and like I think Deb said this morning, so basically what they did is they, they come to party without alcohol and hoping that somebody might get saved. And I said, the chances of somebody getting saved in that in that situation are, are very... Yes, this, it, it, uh, Lucy puts on the screen here that it sounds like a carnival. And it, it really was a carnival. And, you know, you walk through and, and you're not hearing the gospel preached. You're not hearing lives saved. But you were seeing a tremendous investment that was supposed to be presented as a Jesus thing, but you seldom if ever heard the gospel of Jesus preached. And folks, it, it, it's, it's grievous. And, and I felt vexed, actually, it, from it. And, and I, I felt, you know what I felt? I felt unclean. I felt dirty as a, uh, as a part of it. And it, it just being there even in the midst of it. And I, not myself, we, we loaded up and we ended up leaving. But folks, listen, we've got to come to the point that really that we're willing to lay down our life for the cause of Christ and for the preaching of the gospel. And so that branch and that, that responsibility has been extended to us, but so very few people even now will, will take up that responsibility. What do you see? You see the judgment and the condemnation that's come upon the church. And so rather than the church being a beacon of light, we, we've become a reproach really to the nations. And the nations blaspheme His name because of the, uh, the sinister nature in which we carry, carry ourselves. But think about this just for a second. Second Corinthians 5, and you know verse 17, but we're going to read 17 through 20. And here's what he said. Here's how we see that, that branch being extended to, to the Gentiles and giving us that ministry. He said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and all things become new. Now, now how many times have you heard that? Have you said that? Have you quoted that? 
A million times, you know, and that, that may not even be an exaggeration. But folks, listen, you'll hear that even in, in churches not doing anything, you will hear them say that. They'll tell people, listen, come up here. God's got a wonderful plan for your life. What if you come say the prayer, so to speak, and you'll be a new creature. Everything old is going to pass away and everything's going to become new. But folks, what does it mean for everything to become new? I tell you what, folks, when I was lost, I was not winning anybody to Jesus. When I was lost, I was not lifting up his name. When I was lost, I did not uh, have an urgency uh, for, for the hurting. When I was lost, it, it, I, really, I was all about myself. When I was lost, that's how I lived. And so if I'm a new creature, you would think when I come to Christ, instead of being about me, now it would be about other people. Instead of being self-absorbed, I would be laying down my life for somebody else. But isn't it interesting that when they preach that message, when they fill these stadiums, and they say, why don't you come forth and pray this prayer and you're going to be a new creature? That they don't then point at them and say, listen, what's going to happen is that new cre- creature is going to be a person that, that is going to live their, their, their life with an altruistic type of mentality. That they're going to live their life for the benefit of other people. They don't say that. They don't say, listen, your selfishness is now going to be given. You're going to become the servant of all. You're going to become the doormat. You're going to be abused. People are going to take advantage of you. You're going to have to lay down your life because you're going to be all about other people now. They don't preach that message. Why? Because then you wouldn't have the multitudes uh, flocking to it, looking to fill their pockets up or thinking that all their, their woes and their troubles are going to go away and all they got to do is smile and get them a, a WWJD bracelet and hopefully have the right bumper sticker on the back of the car. Folks, listen, that, that is an atrocity. That, that, that is the Christian holocaust, literally, that we've abandoned the responsibility to reproduce after the God kind. We've, we've failed to reproduce the, the carpos fruit of Matthew chapter 7 and win people into into the kingdom of God. And so, if, if, if you're in Christ Jesus, you're a new creature, old things have passed away, all things have become new. Now where I was fearful, now I'm bold. Now where I was walking in sin, now I'm walking in righteousness and holiness. You, you, you see what he's saying. But listen to what becomes new. And he begins to describe what that new life is going to look like. Then all things are of God who has reconciled us unto Himself, Christ Jesus, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. I hear churches and Christians always talking about, I'm just praying and I want to know what my, what my ministry is. I just want to know what, you know what your ministry is? It's the ministry of reconciliation. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how, how, how learned you are or how uneducated you are. You have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Whatever it is, if God has put a song in your mouth, it's the song of reconciliation. If God has put a prayer upon your heart, it's got to be the prayer of reconciliation. If God has called you to teach, it ought to be the teaching of reconciliation. If God has called you to serve, it ought to be serving under reconciliation. Everything that you do, God has given you for reconciliation. The, the message is sacred. The message does not change. Now, your method, whatever method God gives you, uh, praise God for it. Whatever talent or, or inherent ability that God has bestowed upon you, praise God. But it better have the ministry of reconciliation enveloping everything about it. Because the only reason that God woke you up this morning was for you to reconcile a world unto Himself. The only the reason that God blessed you with that job so you would be a more effective minister of reconciliation. The only reason that God has given you that wonderful husband or that wonderful wife is so you would be a better uh, a ministry, a minister of reconciliation. The, the only reason that God has blessed you with those children is to give you a laboratory to make you a better minister of reconciliation. The reason that you breathe is to breathe out the ministry of reconciliation. The reason that you see is you can see the lost and dying and you can go and reach them with the ministry of reconciliation. It is so 
completely simple. Everything that we say, everything that we do is wrapped up in the newness of the ministry of reconciliation. And so when you have people saying, well, I don't know what the will of God is, say, oh, hallelujah, i got a word for you. And it's that God has given you the ministry of reconciliation. If you're going to go prophesy over them, you say, well, God's got a wonderful plan for your life, tell them it's the ministry of reconciliation. And you will never be able to miss. And so you say, do you bear witness to that? It doesn't matter if you bear witness or not, because behold, thus saith the Lord. And what God said is going to come to place. Uh, folks, listen, we've got to come to that place. Then he goes on to say, to wit, or as a reason that God was in Christ, he reconciled the world unto himself, not imputing their trespass to them, but is committed unto us the word, once again, of reconciliation. What is the word of reconciliation? It is the word of God. It is repent, for the kingdom is at hand. It is, it is Matthew 3, 2. It is Matthew 4, 17. It is Acts 2, 38. It is repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's the whole first, second, and third chapters of the book of Revelation. Repent unless I come to you quickly and remove your, your candlestick out of its light stand. That's what it is. It's to wit, the the, the ministry of reconciliation has with it the word of reconciliation. And it's turn or burn, as many people would say. It's repent for He is coming back and, 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 and you're either for Him or you're against Him. You're either gathering with Him or you're scattering abroad. Folks, it is very, very, very simple. And so, then it goes on to say, now we are ambassadors for Christ as though Christ did beseech you by us. We pray you and Christ did be reconciled unto God. And you know, Jesus is Lord. Folks, I'm going to tell you this. Don't get caught up in these folks coming on and doing that. Don't even worry about them. They've come here. Let them hear the Word. You listen to the Word. God will deal with them according to the Word of God. So folks, listen. We were extended this branch of opportunity really to reach the world for Him. But folks, listen. What's happened? I've said this. We've abdicated our responsibility and we've busied ourselves with all these other things and what has happened is the world has suffered as a result of these things. We've got so caught up in the cares of this world. We've got so uh, infiltrated by, by a world system that we have totally abandoned that. But what I'm believing that God is doing, God is stepping up and standing up people. God is, you see, just what I'm saying, they, they can't handle it. Don't get caught up in their riffraff and their, 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 their things when they come into our room and they begin to say that stuff. And what you're going to find, they'll, they'll have to flee from the presence of a living God. But folks, the church has got so busy with all these other things that we have totally forgotten it. As a result, the world has suffered at our hands. And folks, listen, I believe what God is doing. He is raising up and restoring that ministry of reconciliation to many of you. I believe that, 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 that there's some of you right now that God is stirring you up and God is saying, you're going to have to go to work here in a while and you're going to go now with the ministry of reconciliation. That there's somebody you've got to meet with today. You're having lunch with them. You're going to go and you're going to have lunch under the ministry of reconciliation. Folks, listen, we've got to have that, that mindset that whatever we do, wherever we go, whatever we're saying is for that soul Purpose. Then, then it goes on to say in Romans 11, uh, verse 17. And it says, If some of the branches be broken off then, uh, and thou, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and, and with them you partook of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Folks, listen, really what this speaks of is just what I'm saying. It speaks of the very fact that, uh, that Israel had totally abandoned their call. But regardless of the fact that they had abandoned their call, that they were called holy. And, and it did not prevent them from being broken off of the tree as a result of that. So here's the deal. I want to make this point. You know, it really should speak to the whole once saved, always saved crowd that, that preaches this, this really the same message that Paul rebuked uh, the, uh, the Pharisees for so many times in his, in his teaching. He tells us, he says, if some of the branches are broken off and if you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them you partook of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. Then we'll get into verse 18 in a minute and I'll, I'll lay that out for you. Folks, listen. When I was coming up, I came up 
under that 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 whole thinking that 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 I was saved and I was always saved and all these things. But you know why I had to believe that because I lived in rebellion. I had to believe that because I didn't have a genuine relationship with God. All I had was quote unquote a prayer and a and a quick dunk in a tank. I did not have a commitment. I did not have a holy consecrated life under the Lord Jesus Christ. But something happened when I began to read the Word myself and began to ingest it at about eighteen years old. I found that somebody had to talk me into that because the Word of God never taught that. The Word of God taught just the, the contrary. I, I had to know that I had to walk holy and I had to walk upright. And I'd been sold really a, a I'd been sold a, a, a pack of lies that told me that I was okay and that everything would be be fine. And, and now I, when I began to read the Word, I said, you know what, how was I so deceived? Well, I was deceived by my own sin. I was deceived by my own self-absorption. I was seen by my, my own self-will. And, it, and it, it was something that was it worked for me. Why? Because now I can go out and I can be in any type of immorality that I want to because you know what? I'm going to be fine. Folks, that is a lie straight from the pits of hell. And I tell you what, witchcraft, sanctoria, uh, uh, false uh, religion, Mormonism, uh, uh, Jehovah Witnesses, none of those things have contributed as much, I believe, as people going to hell as that erroneous doctrine right there. Why? Because what you're doing is you're telling people and you're giving them a very false sense of eternal security and you're leading them straight to hell. And, and I believe that, that, that what it's done is opened up the wide gate of Matthew chapter 7. That it looks so good, it looks so rosy, it looks so promising, but it leads to death, hell, and destruction. The way to Christ Jesus is a narrow way and few there be that find it. He demands righteousness. He demands, demands holiness. He demands repentance. He demands consecration under Him. Not just a, a, a quick prayer and, and a quotation of three verses from the from the, the, the 10th chapter of the book of Romans and you're okay. What he desires is, is a life that denies itself, takes up his cross and follows after him. Where's the power to do that? It's through the Holy Spirit, folks. In our flesh dwells no good thing. But if we come to that point that says, you know, listen, I need God to come in and move and to touch me and to motivate me and to keep me, he'll do it. Folks, listen, when I got a hold of that revelation, when I got a hold of Jesus, uh, what, 23 years ago now, and, and really understood what it meant to be uh, uh, be born again, I praise God that I never had to backslide. I never had to live this wishy-washy life that somebody said, well, I wonder if he's okay today. I wonder if he's serving God. Listen, the Spirit itself bore witness with my spirit that I was a child of God. Nobody had to come and beg me to pray. Nobody had to come beg me to read the Word. Nobody had to tell me that I needed to worship. Why? Because there was a fire, like Jeremiah said, that was shut up inside of my bones. And there was a desire after Jesus, after the, 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 the Christ of the cross, and after the one that got up after three days. And I wanted to pursue Him. I wanted to tell people about Him. Yeah, I had people tell me, listen, you're just zealous. You're just young. And they told me that then. But folks, listen, I've been young and I've been old, as David said. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed begging for bread. I know what it means to serve Him. I know what it means to have a hope and a peace that passes understanding. Because I know what it is to live a consistent life of faith in what he said, not based upon my circumstance, but based upon an eternal truth. And so, folks, listen, what happened is that they, they thought just because, and this is what's happened with the church, just because we've been extended the covenant, that we've had no responsibility towards the covenant. That, 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 that there's nothing that could happen that would end up disqualifying them is what they thought. And now the church has adopted, for the most part, that same mentality that Israel has, has, has adopted. So we, as Gentile Christians, when we come and we preach this doctrine of unconditional eternal security, or as, as it's oftentimes called the doctrine of preservation, 
Folks, listen, we are just as arrogant, we are just as deceived, and, and we are just as in danger of a hellish judgment as Israel was for, for abdicating the responsibility that God gave them. Folks, listen, we have got to come back to that place of taking that responsibility of the ministry of reconciliation to go and share with the lost and dying world that there is a way, and that way is the Lord Jesus Christ. And folks, really, for me, it, it's scary when I look at Israel, when I look at what Paul was addressing here in the, in the book of Romans, and, and I take that and I, and I, I measure that and I, I, I compare that to the modern church. It's scary because literally the, the handling of the, the similarities between their handling of the covenant responsibility to take the message of salvation of the world and their, 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 their subsequent failure to do so really echoes uh, in the church today. Because you know why they did that? Why they, they abdicated that responsibility? It's because that's what their religious leaders told them to do. They were just products of their, their leadership. They were project uh, products of, of the directive that was put upon them by people. They were told, listen, it's not important. They were told by a backslidden generation of leaders that they did not have the responsibility to do that. Folks, listen, I am telling you, I will go on record right here. I will call those folks out. There is a generation of leaders that will stand behind pulpits. They will stand behind television cameras. They will stand behind the mass media. And they will tell you, listen, that, that that's somebody else's job, that that's somebody else's responsibility. Responsibility. Folks, listen, it is your responsibility. You right there today have been given the ministry of reconciliation. And if you think for a moment that one day you're going to stand before a holy and righteous God and you have not brought anybody with you and He's going to look into your life and say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have got another thing coming. It ought to bring a fear and a chill into your life if you're thinking to yourself, I've never brought anybody to Jesus. I've never pointed anybody the way of the cross. I've, I've, I've never stood in boldness and, and laid down the, 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 the shivering and the shaking of my own flesh and said, listen, I've got to rescue them from an eternal punishment. If you think for a minute that that is okay with Jesus when 2,000 years ago He was beaten, He was bruised, He was pierced, He was crucified to give you that ministry of reconciliation, that He sent His Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost to dwell inside of you, to give you, according to 2 Corinthians 5, 17-20, the minister of, ministry of reconciliation as an ambassador to Him, to be His voice in the darkness, to be His, his, his light in a darkened world. If you think for a minute that you can abandon that responsibility and He's going to look into your life and say, well, come on into heaven. I've got a lot of great things for you. Folks, listen, we can never get to that point where we are so hardened like Israel was that, that, that we think just because we've been grafted in that we can't be cut off. i got news for you folks. What, what God is not mocked whatsoever man uh, sows, that shall he also reap. Because they thought that they were okay because their leadership thought that they were okay because they had a, a tie to Abraham. That they had this, this covenant promise with Abraham. And so, folks, we see it. It's so strikingly similar to what's happening in the church. Listen, you've got a tie. Jesus loves you. He's got a wonderful plan for your life. Just be nice. Have that nice little nuclear family and that job. And be sure and write that check every single week. And everything's great. And you can have your best life now. Folks, listen. That is the spirit of Antichrist alive in these last days. Just as we read right there in the 24th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. That is it. Now, think about this for a minute. Some of the branches, it said, were broken off. But not all the branches were broken off. Praise God for that. Somebody else say praise God. It said not all the branches were broken off, but some of the branches were just broken off. Praise God, I think that even, you know, Paul quoted in, in, in Romans 9.27 that, that, that a remnant would be saved. And I thank you that today, according to Romans 10, that, that there is a remnant according to the election of grace. That as, as bad as it is and as difficult as it's become, I praise God that, 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 that God hasn't just said forget it. You know, and cut every single one of us off. But God, in His infinite mercy, has raised up, I believe, a remnant voice 
and men and women all across this nation that are in the backwoods, in the back alleys, preaching the gospel of, of repent for the kingdom of heaven. They, they're keeping themselves holy and consecrated before God. And God is going to use them for something tremendous that He's going to do before His, His return. Then it says that the wild olive was, was grafted in. I, I want to say this first. Let me back up. Folks, listen. Had all the branches been broken off, then what it would have revealed is that God's plan for them, speaking of Israel, would have ceased. But only... Part of the branches were broken off. And so what that tells us when we look at that verse is that the covenant God kept alive. Okay, remember that. God has kept alive the covenant.